Hello and welcome to the Glacier Valley Church of God. Today's podcast was recorded live on Sunday before a full church. If there's anything we can do to bless you, to pray for you, please contact us at 907-789-3605. Glacier Valley Church of God, a place of hope, a place of healing. interrogating Jesus regarding the crimes he was accused of, he found himself in a difficult position. He was feeling pressure from Rome because there had been a lot of, a lot of restlessness. There was, a, there was a skirmish between the Jews and the Romans, and a lot of the Roman soldiers had been killed, and Pilate's position as a governor was being called into, into question. And in those days, if you were recalled as a governor by, the, by Caesar, you weren't just ostracized politically, usually you were killed. They would just kill you. That's how brutal this regime was. So he, he was in fear of his life. And here he has been presented with Jesus, who was the truth. But he had lived in a world where there was so much untruth, so much politics, so much going around, so much innuendo that he didn't even know what truth was. Can you imagine what that feels like, not even knowing what the truth is? That's the position he found himself in. But he found that something was different about Jesus. He knew that Jesus said was true, but yet he let the moment of what was happening to him overtake him. See, we live in that age of disinformation right now. I read this, I read this percentage statistic, and it said that 29% of people right now don't believe that the mainstream media is factual. Now, I thought that number to be pretty low, don't you? Most people I talk to believe the media is a bunch of liars. Everyone I talk to, as a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, just by the look on your face, if I were to take a poll across this room, which I'm not going to, I think 75 to 80% of you would say, I don't believe the media either. And, and this, you know, the United States, when we first formed as a country, we developed the media as a way of somebody willing to tell us the truth. But when we live in a country now where we can't even trust that very mechanism, we're in a tough spot as a country, aren't we? We're being fed disinformation. If you look on on Facebook. It is nothing but disinformation. If you look on any type of social media and YouTube, it is nothing but disinformation. All these things are coming at us. All these things are barraging us. All these things are coming to us saying, this is the truth. This is the truth. And you wonder after a while, well, what's truth? You wonder after a while, what can I believe? You got one preacher getting up and saying this, and you got another preacher getting up and saying this. What is truth? You got one preacher saying that if you don't get right, you're going to go to hell. You got another preacher getting up and saying, you can do what you want to do. It's okay. Who do you believe? What do you believe? It's getting to the point that living in this world as a believer becomes questionable. We don't know what truth is. As a matter of fact, even Facebook had to go to the Senate and testify because of what they were doing. They said, we don't believe everything you're putting out there. You're putting out stuff, and it's causing people to wonder what is the truth. I heard something the other day, and it was really troubling. They're now calling, led by one of our former presidents, they're now calling for a repeal of the First Amendment, which is free speech. 
Because they're saying that certain speech hurts people. Brothers and sisters, that's where we're headed right now as a country. That's where we're headed. That's what's going on because people don't even know what the truth is anymore. In these days, in this time, in these moments, when the world is literally coming to an end, when our country is coming to an end, when the things that are around us are coming to an end, we have got to hold on to something. And I want to tell you lovingly, I want to challenge you. The only thing we can hold on to is the master's hand. The only thing that we can hold on to is Jesus. Because no matter what anybody says, no matter what they talk about, no matter how they can restrict you, Jesus never changes. Amen. And I will testify all day long. He is the truth. Amen. And brothers and sisters, you got to be careful. You got to be careful what you listen to. You got to be careful who you listen to. If you're not careful, you can listen to people on a podcast and they'll bring confusion into your life. If you're not careful, you can listen to people who have an opinion about Christianity and they can bring confusion into your life. People pass themselves off of experts and all they're doing is regurgitating something that they heard. They don't have the true conviction. They don't have the training. They don't have the knowledge. There is one thing that is consistent though. It is Jesus this morning. Amen. It is Jesus this morning. Praise God. Even in the first century church, people were trying to deny Jesus. They were trying to take away his deity. They were trying to say he never rose from the dead. Even in the first century church, they were trying to do that. It is no less today. There are people standing up and they're standing up and saying, you don't have to live that way. You don't have to do this. This part of the Bible doesn't apply to you. We even heard that this week. This part of the Bible doesn't apply to you. And I say, no. All of the Bible applies to you. Amen. All of the Bible applies to you. And there's times, there's the times that I, as a pastor, I have to stand up and say, no, we're not going to allow this in this church. No, we're not going to allow this kind of speech. We're going to interpret the word of God the right way. Amen. We're going to interpret the word of God based on what he says. Amen. We're going to let the Bible, we're going to let the Bible speak for itself, not read into it. Come on now. We're going to the Bible speak for itself. We're not going to try to interpret what somebody thought they mean. We weren't back there when they were writing it. If the Bible says he's the way, the truth, and the life, then that's what it means. Amen. That's what it means. If the Bible says there's no way to the Father but by Jesus, then that's what it means. Amen. We're not going to try to say, well, no, all you have to do is just do this. No, 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 no. We're not going to reinterpret God's word. It is God's word. It is not changing. It does not change with the times. It is God's word from the beginning to the end. Amen. See, you want to get me angry? And some people have never seen me angry, and some people have. You want to get me angry is when you take the word of God out of context and you try to push it on people in agenda. That gets me angry. Amen. Because it confuses people. We don't need confusion in the house of God. We need the truth. Amen. We need the truth. Praise God. I'm either mad or anointed. I'm not sure which. I am jealous for you. Did you know that? I am jealous for you because I want you to know the word of God. Whether you choose that, that's up to you. I want everybody to choose the word of God. I want everyone to choose Jesus. I want everybody to know God. But we're not going to allow dissension or division to the house of God. 
We are not going to allow that, amen? Because we have to know the truth, Lord, amen? We have to know the truth. The Bible says, if you know the truth, the truth will set you free, amen? Oh, man, once like a bird in prison I dwelt, praise God, I'm telling you right now, the truth will set us free, amen? Not my words, not my preaching, not my looks, the truth of Jesus will set us free, amen? Praise God. But you know, the church... The church has contributed to where we're at right now as a country. You know why? Because we've coddled people. We're more interested in filling these seats than we are telling people that they need to change. We're more interested in getting people to give their tithes so we can make our building budget better. We're more interested in, in, in having money or people come in and bring their friends so that our numbers look good. And as pastors, we can go brag to our pastor friends, yes, I had 10,000 people today. When really all they had is five, but they were kind of bragging a little bit. Let me, let me ask you a question. Is there anywhere in scripture where God said to brag? No, 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 no. We're basing church on the wrong things. It's not a, listen, if we had five people in this room, but the Holy Ghost was here and we were shouting and jumping and we were worshiping God, that's all we need, amen? It's not about the number. Listen, if you're here, if you're here, I want you to worship. Not because I have some weird thing about me that I want to see people raise their hands. Some of you don't use deodorant, I can tell. I love you. <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> really? But what I'm trying to say is, the point I'm trying to say is it's about worshiping God. And if all we're doing is filling seats, then what good is that? Amen? God wants his house filled with people who love him. God wants his house filled with people who adore him. God wants his house filled with people willing to worship him. And maybe you're not there yet, because maybe you're just checking it out. But that's okay. You can check it out. But it's time to raise your hands. It's time to get on your feet. It's time to worship God, because the end is coming. And if I was preaching about something other than Jesus, then by all means, you could leave. Amen? Because you would not, it would not be right to be here if I was preaching something other than Jesus. But I'm preaching the Word of God this morning. I'm preaching about Jesus, Him being crucified, Him being rose from the dead. Amen? Descended to the right hand of the Father, coming back one day for you and me. He is coming back. Amen? Don't listen to the lies of the enemy. He's coming back for you. He's coming back for me. You know, I was sitting there thinking the other day, man, wouldn't it be so cool if Jesus came back this morning during the middle of service? Woo! Oh, man, wouldn't that be awesome if all of a sudden we turn around and we're looking at each other, and all of a sudden we're looking at each other, and we're passing by clouds, amen? We're passing by clouds, and I'm looking, I say, Richard, where are you at? There you are, hey, Richard, and you'd be looking at me, hey, Richard, you changed, you got a new body, hey, praise God, amen, Dora, I see you, hey, Dora, and we're all sitting there, we're laughing and crying, praise God, we're going to heaven. Listen, I care about that, I want you to go to heaven. I don't want you here when, when devastation and tribulation comes on this earth. I don't want that. And you're looking at me and say, oh, pastor, I don't believe that. Hey, listen, it doesn't matter whether you believe it or not. It's coming. I want you guys to understand something. If I don't speak the truth to you, if I don't tell you the truth, 
then God holds me accountable. There's judgment awaiting me. Now, I would much rather have judgment from you than from God. Because when God judges you, let me kind of give you an example of God judging you, okay? See, there was these guys called the sons of Korah. There was these guys called the sons of Korah. And what happened was, is they, they thought they knew more than Moses. They thought that they understood more than Moses and that they were more spiritual than Moses. So they went to Moses and say, why does God only talk to you? Can he talk to us? What is wrong? What is, what is, what is wrong with you, Moses? We believe that God is talking to us. We believe that, that, that God can talk to us too. You know what happened? What happened in that moment, Moses said, listen, it's not that God is only speaking to me. Everybody look at me, please. It's not that God is only speaking to me as he chose me. He didn't choose you. He didn't choose you. Like Paul wrote to the Corinthians, everybody thinks they have a word from God, but God didn't choose them for that moment. Now, if they study and do all that, God will choose them. But it wasn't the right moment. So you know what happened to those people? The sons of Korah, literally the earth opened and they were swallowed into the earth. Them and their families, brothers and sisters, they were not speaking the truth. They thought it was the truth, but it wasn't the truth. And I tell you today that we need the truth in our lives. Amen. We need the truth in our lives. There's going to come a time. There's going to come a time that these false prophets who feel like that they know everything, there's going to come a time when these false teachers who think they know everything are going to be swallowed up by God. They're going to be dethroned. They're going to be exposed for who they are. It's actually happening right now. How many likes Hillsong music? You know what I'm talking about? Hillsong? Their pastor, their starting founding pastor, was accused of sexual misconduct. He was fired from the church. God is exposing false teachers. God is exposing people that don't serve him. God is exposing people. God is exposing leaders. Because when you make it all about you and not about God, God doesn't like that because he's a jealous God. Amen. Listen, that's why we can't focus on building this church. We've got to focus on going out because the Bible never said, make your building a large building and build a, build a bigger building. As a matter of fact, he talked against that. Matthew 28, he says, go ye therefore into all nations. He said, go, not stay. He said, go, not stay. He said, go, not stay. If I ask you to stay under my ministry for 50 years, then I'm actually doing you a disservice because there is a blessing in going forth. Amen. We are to take this truth that we have and tell everybody. Amen. Because there is an absence of truth in the world today. Second Timothy chapter four, verses three through five. Tell me if this sounds familiar to you. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. In other words, they'll go to teachers that they feel comfortable with. 
You know what I say when people say they're not comfortable with me? I say, praise God. You know why? Because my job is to make you uncomfortable. If you feel comfortable around me, then I'm not doing my job. I'm not challenging you. I'm not challenging you to live a better life. I'm not challenging you to do the right thing. But if you feel comfortable, I'm trying to rock you to sleep. And if I rock you to sleep, you're going to miss the boat. Amen. You're going to be like the virgins who missed the hour in Matthew chapter 25. Man, I feel this so heavy this morning. I don't want you to feel comfortable around me. I want, I want your toes to be stepped on. Now listen, just so that you know, these words that come out of my mouth, these are not steel-toed shoes that I have on. They step on my toes too. Okay, so I, I got bruises all over my toes when I step on my own self. Okay, so anything I say isn't it just about you. It's about me sometimes. Amen. Don't think that I don't preach to myself sometimes. Sometimes I'm preaching to myself and you don't even realize it. But I'm not here to make you feel bad about yourself either. I'm not here to condemn you. I'm here to lovingly show you a better way. I'm here to challenge you and I say, listen, I know the way that you're going, but you're not, you're, nothing good is happening in that. Try this way. Try this way. It's so much better. And yes, it's hard. I, I'm not going to lie to you. Living the right life, living a Christian way, it's hard. It's hard. Anybody that tells you it's easy is a liar and they're not of God. I'm tired of these preachers getting up and say, oh, come to Jesus in your life. It'll be perfect. There's a word for that. It's called false teacher. Ever since I come back to God from my lifestyle that I was in, it is nothing but heartache, betrayal, and rejection. That sounds fun, doesn't it? <laughs> Man, I can, I can make a country song out of that. I went to Jesus, heartache, trial, and rejection. But it's true, right? That's actually a pretty good song. Write that down. I could make a million dollars with that. <laughs> oh, Lord, he's singing country songs in church. What's wrong with him? <laughs> hey, if you're not careful, I'm going to get my pom-poms like I did that one Sunday, Okay. Man, coming back to Christ, especially when you start getting serious with him, especially when you're like, okay, Lord, I'm going to dedicate myself. All of a sudden, your life falls apart, doesn't it? Who can testify of that? Raise your hand. Your life just like, whoa, God, I didn't mean it. He goes, too late. It's like the devil has a big old target on you. But I'm telling you, the Lord's not only going to bring you through it, he's going to make you stronger for it, and you're going to look back on it and go, that was nothing. That was nothing. Whatever your trial you're going through, sometimes the only thing that you can hold on to is his truth. Amen. That is sometimes the only thing that you can hold on to. And in those moments, you don't need to listen to another podcast. You don't need to go to another YouTube account. You need to get into the word of God and say, God, what are you trying to tell me? Amen. You don't need to get on Facebook. You don't need to call your friends and say, what does God want to tell me? I'm going to tell you right now, God's looking for a church where the people say, God, what do you want to tell me? I'm going to get on my hands and my knees, or maybe I'm going to push back the plate for a while and say, God, what are you trying to tell me? God, what are you trying to speak to me? And then let the Holy Ghost. Oh, man. Woo. Woo, man. 
I'm tired of people coming up and giving me a word. I want a word from God. Amen. Listen, I'm not saying there's not a place for that, but sometimes I want to hear from God himself. Amen. Sometimes I need to hear from my God. Sometimes I need to hear from daddy God. Amen. God, what are you trying to tell me? And then I open his word and I read and I study. He speaks to me, his loving word. He says to me, hold on, son, I got you. Hold on, son, I got you. You got to be careful who you listen to. As a matter of fact, you got to take the words that I say and measure it. Measure it against the word of God. Because sometimes I mess up. I'm not infallible. Sometimes I say something incorrectly and I meant to say something else. There's times that I mess up. There's times that I say something incorrect. It's not intentional, but it happens sometimes. And I, you know, God understands that. He's full of grace. But you've got to take what I say and say, okay, Lord, is he speaking the truth? Here's the truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. The church, above all things, has to be the beacon of truth. A beacon is a a way of shining something. See, we got to be like this story. There was a, a naval battleship out in the ocean along a coastline. They're going along in a nice speed. And they notice, they notice a a light up ahead, and they, they thought it was another ship. So the captain looks at the radio guy and says, let them know we're going to hit them if they need to move. So the guy gets on the radio, and he says, this is the U.S. Navy, and I forgot what ship it was. Uh, we're bearing this degrees, and you, you, need to, you need to move. And the guy come back on the radio, no, you need to move. Navy, they not made the captain mad. He goes, tell him again, he needs to move. Guy got some, you know, radio, this is the U.S. Navy, da-da-da. We're bearing this way. You need to move. Over the radio came back, no, you need to move. Captain got mad. He's frustrated. He got on the radio, I am the captain of such and such. You need to move. Guy comes back on the radio, I am the lighthouse. You need to move. But man, are we like that? Are we like that? I'm not going to move. I'm going to go the way that I want. And Jesus says, no, you're not. Jesus says, no, you're not. Because if you run into me, you're going to crash, amen? Or I can show you the way, amen? And some of us have crashed way too many times. We didn't understand why. It's because we thought we knew all the answers. We thought that we were right. We thought that everything was okay. And that's what pride does to you. It makes you think that you know what to do. I'm not going to listen to some snot-nosed young preacher tell me what to do. Listen, don't listen to me. Listen to the Spirit of God this morning. What does the Spirit of God say this morning? I say snot-nosed young preacher, not that I'm young, but I am snot-nosed. See, a lot of times we have difficulty listening to someone either younger us 
or our own age. We have this vision, a pastor has to be 75 before we listen to him. Jesus was 30 and 33 when we went out into the world. It's not someone's age. It's the anointing that they have. Amen. See, I never forget. I thought I knew everything. Until my son spoke into my heart one day and said, Dad, that's not true. This is what God does. My own son rebuked me. I wanted to beat him. Because he was right. The Bible says in Psalms, out of the mouths of babes. Out of the mouths of babes. It doesn't matter how old you are. Paul said, Timothy, no man despise thy youth. We have a generation coming up, even though they're addicted to their cell phones, which some of them are on right now, and they don't think I see it. Little hint, I see everything up here. If you go to sleep, I see it. You can pretend like you're praying, but I see it. People don't pray that long. (laughs) I see you. But our youth are going to have revival one day, and they're going to be the ones coming up here after me and leading the word of God. And I welcome that. I welcome that. I welcome that. See, the church has got to be that beacon of light. We got to continually point people to who? I thought we pointed him to the pastor. To Jesus, right? Can I, can I tell you something? I, if you come to the church and you don't know my name, you're not going to offend me. Because I certainly won't know yours. As people know, <laughs> I forget names. I don't care if you know my name. I want you to know Jesus. I want you to know Jesus. That's what I want. We cannot have programs to attract people. You know, the, you know, the, read, the problem with programs is when you get to programs that attract people, there's always going to be a better church that offers a better program, and people are going to go to the program. Listen, we don't build the things that we do based on attracting people. We do the things that we do to build the kingdom of God. Amen? We have youth group to build the kingdom of God. We have a a, a young adult group to build the kingdom of God. We have children's church to build the kingdom of God. We have men's ministry so we can talk about our wives. (laughs) And build the kingdom of God. We have women's ministry, amen. May 7th, we're going to have women's ministry. Skyler's going to cook you guys a wonderful meal. Uh, people don't know this, but Skyler's a five-star chef trained in France. <laughs> he wasn't trained in France, but we're just going to say yes. Skyler made, uh, Skyler made some uh, uh, soup this week for our pastor dinner and for Celebrate Life. That was just, oh my, it was just so good. It was, it, was, it was ham hock and bone broth and potatoes and oh my goodness. And I ate about five bowls of it and I didn't feel bad about it because he told me it was healthy. So I took that. Amen. We're not here to develop programs because we're not in competition. Actually, the only competition we're in is with the devil. and We're going to stamp him down. Amen. 
We're here to take out the devil out of this church. We're here to take out the devil out of this region. I declare this a devil-free zone. Amen? We're not here to go against other churches. I don't care what other churches are doing. I'm praying for them. I care about what we do. Amen? And we're here to build the kingdom of God. Amen? Whatever we do is God-ordained and inspired. I've said this numerous times. I want you to know the truth. Jesus is the truth. John 10, 30, he said this. He says, I and my father are one. John 10, 30 says that. I says, I and my father are one. And why do I say that? It's because in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 and 6, he said, let this mind be in you that also is in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. And that's Philippians 2, 5, and 6. See, Jesus was God. He was not just inspired prophet. He was God. And the reason why I say this, because I want you to know that God cannot lie. Now, have you ever been lied to? You ever been lied to? All my life, my mom told me I was handsome. And when I started dating girls, I found out that wasn't necessarily true. I went to a girl and I said, do you want to go out? And she said, no. And I said, wait a minute, you don't understand. My mom said I was handsome. See, people have an agenda when they talk to you, don't they? They're trying to get something from you. But with God, he's not going to lie to you. As a matter of fact, it says this in, in Numbers. Listen to this. He says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. He ha has he said, and will he not do? Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? It's in Numbers chapter 23, verse 19. See, everything God said would happen has happened. About 500 years before Jesus, God promised through the prophets like Jeremiah that Jerusalem would be destroyed because of their sin and idol worship. The thing is, if you read the book of Jeremiah, you'll see that people didn't believe Jeremiah. They said, how can, how can God destroy Jerusalem? How can God do this? We don't believe you. We don't believe you. You know what God did? God destroyed Jerusalem. Brothers and sisters, let me, let me speak from my heart. The judgment of America is coming. I'm going to say that one more time. The judgment of America is coming. Our nation will not be a nation much longer. You cannot abort 3,000 babies a day and not face the judgment of God. You cannot allow human beings to be trafficked as sexual slaves and not face the judgment of God. There is, you cannot allow people to be prejudiced against because of their skin color and continue to be mistreated because of who they are and what gender they are and not face the judgment of God. You cannot live in a society where people don't treat each other like they should treat each other. You cannot live in a society where people do the horrible things that we do to each other and not face the judgment of God. Brothers and sisters, we used to be a godly nation, but we have turned our back on God. And I want you to 
know right now the judgment is coming to America. That is truth that I want to share with you. But guess what? I got a plan for you. I got some joy for you because God is going to take his people just like he took Noah in the ark. He's going to take his people out of this country into heaven with him, and we are going to rejoice in heaven with God. Amen. That is our future this morning. And we may suffer a few trials. We may go through a few things, but we have a much better thing waiting on us this morning. We have a much better things waiting on us. What is truth to us? I said this earlier. Jesus came. He died. He rose from the dead, and he's coming again. Matthew chapter 24 Verses 4 through 14. I want to read this to you. It's going to be long. After you get there, if you could put on some music for me, please. And Jesus answered and said to them, please read this with me. Take heed that no one deceives you. You ever been deceived before? You ever been lied to? You've been tricked? Take heed that no one deceives you. Verse 5, for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. What he means by that is there's going to be many that come who say that I know the way, I know the truth, I know the life. Here are the words that you can listen to and it's not from God. It's not from God. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. See, we're just on this first part right here. I don't know if you've seen the atrocities in Ukraine. The Russian soldiers are binding men, women, and children, and they're pulling their teeth out. They're cutting their fingers off. They're shooting them in the back of the head. They just found a mass grave with over 9,000 people in. Those entire families have been taken out. They don't even know where they are. They're shipping people off to Russia. Russia is literally destroying this nation. But that is the beginning of sorrows. You're saying, Pastor, it can't get any worse. Oh, yes, it can. See, it really hasn't hit us as a nation yet what's happening. And then he says, Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. You will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended. (laughs) Well, we know that to be true, right? Many will be offended. You can't even sing on the plane about Jesus without somebody being offended. Some of you saw that story. And betray one another and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound and love of many will grow cold. This is, this is what I want to touch on right here. Some of you, because of everything that's going on, some of you, because everything that's going on, your love has grown cold. Come on, let me talk to you for a minute. We're almost done. Stick with me. 
The great theologian, John Wesley, I was going to say Charles Wesley, that's his brother. But John Wesley, he was in the 1700s. He formed the Wesleyan church. He called serving God a heart thing. It's not a matter of logic, a reason. It's a heart thing. And a lot of us like to apply our relationship to God with logic. And I'm going to tell you something. If you try to understand God, you will be in a never ending loop because nobody can really comprehend him because his way or his ways they are higher than our ways. But we have to have a heart for God. Amen. We have to have a passion for God. That's why I tell you, raise your hands and worship him. That's why I tell you to jump up and down. Amen. Listen, downstairs, they can tell, they said, we know you were happy this morning. We heard you dancing across the stage. Man, I want them to hear all of us. Listen, that's why I tell you to clap your hands, because when you do that, you're not doing it because I want you to do it, but it kind of feels good, right? I don't care if you're in tune. I don't care if you're in time, and none of that matters to me. The Bible says, oh, clap your hands, all your people. Whisper to God with a voice of triumph. What does he say? Amen. Shout to God. Praise God. Shout to God. Pastor, I'm a little uncomfortable with this yelling. I'm going to tell you, then don't go to heaven. Because heaven's going to be loud. Heaven's going to be loud. And I'm going to be over there in the corner being the loudest. Amen. Hey, listen, I, we need to be loud. Amen. Because I'm going to tell you why we need to be loud. Because the devil's hard of hearing and I want him to hear me. I want him to hear me. And Jesus is not hard of hearing, but there's something about when you shout, it just makes you feel good, right? You ever, you ever shouted at a football game when, you, when the right team, not the bad team, the right team scores a touchdown? Even when the bad team scores a touchdown, you still shout, but maybe not in the right way. But when somebody scores, you're like, ah! I've seen some of you at gold medal. Face painted. <laughs> ah! Cake just scored. If you like cake, I have to be careful. I don't want to show partiality. All people for Huna, I'm sorry. You're at the gold medal. Ah, you come to church. Is he done yet? I got somewhere to be. Gold medal. The game just went in overtime. Ah, overtime. I'll stay longer. I'm in church. He is two minutes past his time. I'm reporting him. I don't know who to. Maybe his wife. Maybe she'll do something. She actually threatened me this morning because she's teaching children's church. She says, you better not take too long. So here I go. When a basketball game is more important in our relationship than God and heaven and eternity, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. Amen. See, I've been told that people that you know don't like to express themselves emotionally, and that's not true because I have been to gold medal and you guys are crazy. Okay? I've seen you. I've seen when, when your team wins the basket, you're doing flips and everything, you're doing jumping jacks, and I said, man, she's 90 years old. How's she doing that? Grandma's down there and she's knocking out of the park. She's getting in people's face. Ah! 
Why can't we do that in church? It's okay. We can do, listen, we're Pentecostal. Listen, we're Pentecostal. We're, we're Pentecostal. That means we raise our hands. That means we dance our feet. That means we clap. You don't have to be a beat. Amen. See, I say you don't have to be in, in beat because us white people, we can't, we don't have a beat. Okay, I can't clap on beat. I, I can't. But God loves it when I clap anyway. Okay? God loves it when we worship him. And that's what he wants from us this morning. He wants our worship because, say it with me, he is the truth. Verse, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to land this plane, but it's not working. Verse 13, but he or she who endures to the end shall be saved. Amen. Now, there are those who think, oh, pastor, I accepted Jesus 20 years ago, so I'm fine. No. Right here, it's pretty clear that there are those who will not endure and they will not be saved. There's some theology for you right there, huh? Because maybe you've been taught that you once saved, always saved. And I would tell you, once saved, you need to be saved every day. Amen? Because there is sin in this world. And if you allow sin into your heart, I'm going to let you in a little secret. You're not going to heaven. Those who endure to the end shall be saved. Would you stand with me, please? Stand with me. Stand with me. Anybody tired in the place today? Anybody feeling it? Pastor, you preached too long. I could go longer. I'm going to ask you a question. Who's ready to worship the Lord this morning? Listen. I know it seems like I'm trying to get something out of you for emotional purposes, and I'm just trying to stir you up emotionally. And guess what? You're not wrong. Because the Christian life is emotional. It is. It's emotional. When I accepted Jesus in my heart, I cried. When I got the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I cried. And then I laughed and I cried again. See, everything about God is emotional. There's nothing stoic about it. If there was something stoic about it, then we'd be like the other churches. But we're not. We're Pentecostal. When we talk about raising our hands, I want everybody to just raise your hands right now with me. Come on. To say, begin to say, I love you, God. Come on, say it with me. I love you, God. I love you, God. I worship you, Jesus. I worship you. Hallelujah. Give God glory. Give God glory. Hallelujah. Now, listen to this. Put your hands down for a moment. Who's ready to shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph? Listen to me. I know it seems weird. I know it seems crazy. But you'll find this about me. I'm weird. Okay? I'm a weird guy. I I believe in giving God my whole heart, my whole body. Are we ready to shout unto the Lord with the most triumphant? Listen, if you're not comfortable with it, nobody's making you do it. We're not holding a gun to your head, at least not yet. Who's ready to worship God? So here's what we're going to do. As loud as you can. We can cover the baby's ears if we need to. Don't smother her. 
I'm, I got to hold the baby. Is Zarzar? Zarzar, I got to hold the baby this morning. And she looked up at me and she goes, man, you're the most handsome pastor I've ever seen. That's what she told me through her eyes. I looked at my wife and my wife said, no, we're not having another one. I'm ready to worship God this morning. You ready with me? Here's what we're going to do. Down here. Did you know, did you know that your sound comes from right? I know I'm pointing up my belly. You know, your sound comes from right here, not right here. Did you know that? When they teach you in vocal training, if you do it from right here, you're going to strain your voice and not be able to talk. Now, some of you wives are thinking, man, I wish my husband would yell right now. But it comes from right here. What I want you to do is I, and I know this is crazy what I'm asking you. I just want you to lift your voice and praise to God when I count to three. Are you ready? Will you do this with me? I'm trying to release something in you, not because I want to pat myself on the back and say, well, we had church today. Praise God. No, it's not about that. I want to release something in you. Amen. Can we do that? Can we just try it? Can we just try it? Who's, who's crazy enough to try it this morning? Are you ready? I'm going to count to three, and I just want you to go. Just, just praise the Lord. Say, praise you, Lord. Thank you. Are you ready? I'm going to count to three. One, two. Are you ready? Are you ready? Okay. One, two. I got to feel you're ready. I'm not feeling it. I do this to the youth, and it drives them crazy. All right? Are you ready to scream to the Lord? One, two, three. Hallelujah. Well, we worship you, God. We worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you need healing in your body, if you need healing in your body, I want you to come Thank you for listening to our service. Be sure to catch the video edition of this on either YouTube or Facebook Live. Again, if you need prayer, contact us at 907-789-3605. May God richly bless you in all things.